loves, welcome back to the Living Out Love podcast. I'm Amy Hageman and welcome. <laughs> As we speak, it's quite cold in my house. We had a little smoke incident yesterday, so we've got fans running and windows open. And I'm glad to say that it is smelling and feeling better at home, but I'm sitting here all bundled up. I've got, um, yeah, bundled up because it's chilly. So I'm excited for this episode. A, this is our next to last episode of this season. Next week, December 6th, will be my last episode for Living Out Love in 2023, and we'll be back in 2024. So I'm excited to begin to wrap this up. I'm also excited because we're going to talk about a sensitive topic today. I'm going to be referencing my notes a lot. So for those of you that watch on YouTube, I'm sorry that my eye contact is going to go back and forth. but. I have always felt quite strongly that politics are very important to living out love. And I'll explain that more in a little bit. But today, what I want to talk about is the American dream. You know, it's November now, and the presidential election is a year away, and we just wrapped up local elections. And, you know, 2024 is likely to be very politically interesting and heated. And there's a lot of spiritual people that say politics aren't spiritual. But I think about the founding fathers, as we call them. I know founding fathers is irreverent to indigenous Americans, so I'm using the colloquial terms, not the spiritual truth. The colloquial founding fathers, the pilgrims that came over, that wrote the declaration, they had a vision. And that vision was a vision for self-actualization, that you could be in America and have your needs met, that you could be who you wanted to be, that you could worship who you wanted to worship, that you could self-actualize. That's a grand vision. And it's a spiritual vision, even though it's not a religious vision. It doesn't subscribe to one God or one religion. The vision is quite grand and audacious. What an audacious vision to think we're going to leave the motherland, we're going to board a ship for months and months and months at a time and dream that we can create something new. And of course, you know, when they first came over, it was still under the rule of, of the kingdom and all of that. But the audacity to think that we're going to have a democracy where every voice matters, where every voice is relevant. And of course, they didn't get everything right. You know, indigenous American voices certainly did not matter. People of color's voices did not matter. Immigrants' voices mattered somewhat. Like, it's not, it was not perfect. So I'm not saying, yay, America is perfect. But I do want to spend time contemplating the spirit of the vision of the American dream. And for those of you that are listening that are not in the U.S., Please keep listening because I think there is some spiritual growth opportunity here for all of us. 
it's a contemplative practice that we're going to embark on together. And even if you're not American, you were probably impacted by those of us in America. And I think minimum, it will be interesting, but more likely than that, it will probably be helpful. So that's what we're talking about today. The American dream. And what was it at its seed when we wrote the Declaration of Independence? Like, What was the seed of the American dream? And do we as spiritual beings, as citizens of the globe, but specifically as citizens in the U.S., like, do we still resonate with the American dream? And what is ours to do as a spiritual citizenry? What is ours to do? And, you know, I want to talk about, I want to acknowledge how this vision of self-actualization has played out. There's been a lot of many, many positive outcomes of this vision. We, for, for more or less, depending on the year and the context, we we sometimes have a democracy. We try to have a democracy. Most of us try. We have many more choices. If you just look at like what's in the grocery store and the cars on the lot that you can buy, like we have many more choices compared to lots of other countries. Many more choices of jobs and education and lots of things. We have in the U.S. an astounding level of innovation. And we have amazing diversity here. I mean, living in Houston is such a gift because it is so diverse. The foods, the cultures, I mean, it is amazing what happens in this country. And also, when self-actualization plays out only in the ego human trauma realm and less so in the spiritual realm, it has also led to dehumanization. At worst, you know, the indigenous people's genocide, slavery, onto Jim Crow. We get that, you know, prison labor. Like there's lots of ways that we've led to dehumanization. Many of us dehumanize um, the refugees that are in this country, whether immigrants, who, like whoever, people that's, that are here legally, but speak a different language. Like there's a lot of dehumanization that is born of this self quote actualization. And this creates a vast separation in the way that we experience our lives, even though we are all citizens of one country. Um, and it creates separation in our own thoughts and feelings towards one another. And I don't just mean that in the last five years, you know, I'm, I mean, historically as a country, self-actualization without the spiritual understanding of self has very negative repercussions. So I've just been thinking a lot about, you know, this election that's coming up next year and what is the American dream and what does that mean spiritually? And I, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, right now, the front runners and the Democratic and the Republican and the Independent Party are all old white men, 
And I mean that just in terms of age, they're all older, but also in terms of like, they're not new. It's old news. We've experienced all three of these people before. And I'm really wondering, what is the new way to look at the American dream? If there was a new way, like what would that be? And I don't, I don't want to throw out the dream of self-actualization because that vision is what led to separation of church and state. It's what led to a lot of the systems that created the melting pot. And it was a strong enough vision that it brought people back together after the Civil War. Together more or less. But again, the vision wasn't inclusive, didn't honor the indigenous people of this land, didn't honor people of color. Um, and we've certainly strayed from our melting pot ideal version of immigration. And it seems to me now the most current, the most overriding cultural response to immigration and refugees tends to be like fear and resistance of some sort. And just to be clear, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that I have all the answers for how to fix immigration and global economies and the great vast war machines that are out. Like, I'm not saying that I know how to fix it, but I'm just looking energetically at what's happening and how it's related to the root vision of self-actualization. And we call ourselves the United States. Which is fascinating because, like, I live in Texas and we had the freeze and Texas is independent. We fly our flag at the same height as the American flag. The only state to do that. And we're so proud of our independence that we don't want to be on the national energy grid. So then when our energy froze, we had no access to anything else because we didn't have the infrastructure because we were so focused on self as an individual state. And so I've been wondering, what would a collective United States look like? And not after a 9-11 or a Hurricane Harvey, like not after something tragic happened where we have to primally come together and all of a sudden, all that egoic stuff doesn't matter because in our primal bodies, we understand that we're all humans and we're all one. Like, what if we just all understood that all the time? What that look like? And here's where I want to explain. Love is political. Politics are the systems at which we all live in the infrastructure of our streets, our internet, the, the rules that govern what happens to whom and why and what we all allow as permissible and what we don't allow. And those systems have far-reaching impact that 
will affect more than the one person. If you know somebody that, you know, is making minimum wage, it doesn't just affect that one person. It affects the people they would have bought from. It affects their family, what have you. Um, so, you know, these systems at play, they matter. Just like when bridges collapse and people can't, they're stranded. Like that's, that is a government, that's a political situation. And so love has every right to be there. Spirituality has every right to be in politics. Now that doesn't mean that I think I should get to tell other people how to live, but it does mean that I'm going to bring my spirituality into my political life, whatever that looks like for me, whether it's just like I call my senator on occasion, if it's just I vote on the year I feel like it, however that looks like, I'm advocating that we bring spirituality into our political thoughts and feelings. And so now I want to consider how should we rewrite the, the American dream of self-actualization for a time that dream was to own a home and be able to go on vacation or to go to college. Like the dream has changed over time for certain people. But at its root, it's the idea that you have the potential and the opportunity to become whoever it is that you are meant to be. That in America, you have the potential and the opportunity to create whatever it is that you are meant to create. And I do think that self-actualization vision is magnificent. And I really resonate with that as a very loving vision. So I've kind of decided, all right, I don't want to rewrite that vision. But I want to have a deeper understanding of self. So that when we are visioning for ourselves, what does it look like to be a citizen in this country? That we don't zoom in on that one person. That in our vision, we expand our lens to include all the people around that person. And I will remind you that energetically, we are all one. We are all connected. This is the reason why if you walk into a room, you can sort of sense if somebody's like having an argument or somebody's upset, like you can feel it because we're all connected. So the self and self-actualization is collective. None of us actually self quote actualizes without the other. You know, most of us had a family member that believed in us, that nurtured us, that cared for us or a teacher, or a foster care person. And even if you genuinely didn't have some sort of relationship like that, you listened to a podcast, you read a book, you heard a song that moved you. There has been something in your life that has supported you at some point in time. Even if you were just, your only moment of nurturing ever in your whole life was that you leaned against a tree one day and you felt that tree supporting you. Well, there were people involved in planting that tree or deciding to nurture the land around the tree. There have been people involved. This is a collective world that we have created. It's collective energy that we're all a part of. None of us self-actualize without the other of us. So when I think about the American dream 
and the self-actualization process, I'm thinking we all just need to expand our lens a little bit. Literally, when we hear the word self, can we in our mind's eye see, okay, I might be the center of that image. But outside of me, I see my family, my friends, my neighbors, the people that work at the stores around me. I see the people that are in political power for my city, my county, my state, whatever it is. Like there's people across the highway that speak a different language than me that maybe are first generation immigrants, maybe not. I have no idea. And yet, I am a part of them and they are a part of me. Energetically, we are all connected. And of course, I'm, I'm primarily focused on us here in the United States, but this is also globally. We're just connected globally. So I want us to consider, if we considered that the American dream was self-actualization and that self really meant the self of divine energy that we all share, what would that look like? And if we take it down to a really human level, like I think we could consider, you know, we've got nursing and doctor shortages right now. So what if we had found a way to make medical school more affordable or to have more accessible ways of paying off that debt? Like maybe we'd have more access to care. What if we found a way to make the jobs of doctors and nurses more loving? less traumatizing. Maybe we'd all have more access to care. So I am not in a relationship with a nurse or a doctor, but I can see how my caring for them helps me as well. What if we found a way to have greater diversity in our leadership, in our political leadership? Maybe we'd see legislation that represents the well-being of more people. We found a way to feed and clothe the youth decades ago. We have had starving children in this country for decades. How might our economy be different? How might our, our creative power, the GDP, be different if children grew up having their basic needs met? So I don't think that the American dream necessarily needs to be rewritten, but I think it needs to be re-understood. That you, your, you listening to this podcast in your name and your body, wherever you live, you cannot thrive if the world around you is falling apart. If the literal and metaphorical bridge collapses, then you're not able to self-actualize. So... How do we self quote actualize as a united divine energetic body that has many different facets, that has many different goals? And what if our dream of self actualization was a dream of love? That when we envision in our minds what America could be, what our global community could be. What we imagine is that every being on this planet gets to live out their love, which means they get to be whoever they are called to be. They get to live however they are called to live, and they get to create whatever they are called to create. When you spend time thinking about 
who you're going to vote for, when you spend time thinking about whatever's in the news that is causing you stress or grief or rage or disappointment or passion or excitement, whatever it is, I just invite you to expand your lens of who all is impacted. And of course, I want everybody to vote in their best interest. I want you to vote in your best interest, whatever is best for you and your family. But I want you to understand that what is in your best interest, your selfish best interest, is inherently what is best for everybody's best interest and vice versa. What is best for everybody is what's best for you. And this is a time in which many of our egos are going to say, nah, and like, it's too messy. And listen, I use, I have a strong diversity, equity, inclusion background. I get it. Diversity is hard. It's hard. And there's no getting it right all the time. There just isn't. You're going to mess it up because not every single person of any demographic wants to be treated the same way. We're all humans. We're all individuals. So I get that it's messy, but without that diversity, we don't have the innovation. We don't have the self-actualization. And our minds want to tell us that there are limited resources and that it's all about power and control. And I just want to tell you that that is the cultural conditioning that we have grown up with. That is not the capital T truth. There is no lack of divine energy. There, there is no lack of divine energy. It's omnipotent. It's unending. It's unconstrained. All we have to do is get in alignment with it. So when you're in an expansive place and you think about the messiness of our diversity, well, you have more room for the messy conversations, for making mistakes and apologizing. There's no such thing as this like point of no return when you're in an expanded spiritual space. So in the coming months, I want you to meditate and contemplate on the American dream. And really be with that question, what does self mean and self-actualization? What does the self mean? And how can our vision better include all of the people in this country? The indigenous Americans that we want to sweep under the rug, the slavery that so many people are so tired of talking about. Well, we're just going to have to keep talking about it till we actually heal it, kiddos. Until we heal it and we take responsibility, it's going to continue to be messy and unhealed. And just because something is not our fault doesn't mean it's not our responsibility. And I know that's a pretty big, that's a tall drink of water right there, but it's the truth. So you got to step into that spiritual energetic expansion to know we're capable of healing this. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Certainly doesn't mean I'm going to get it right. But we are connected to this expansive, unending energy of love, of divine creation. We can heal this. We can hold space that we are all connected and yet different at the same time. Of course we can. 
we can create a country that invests in health rather than sick care, that invests in finding ways to create peace rather than navigating war. We can spend time getting into alignment with those visions. Spend time getting into alignment with the vision that everybody that wants to have education can have it. Great education, that they have easy access and affordable access to. Everybody that wants to have healthy food can find it and have it what, in whatever way that is. Maybe they buy it, maybe they don't. I don't know. The how isn't that important. I don't have to know the how, and you don't have to know the how. My point today is we are all spiritual citizens, and one of the things we can do as spiritual citizens is focus on our vibrational alignment, on our vision, what we want for the collective self. And you are allowed to just suspend the disbelief. Put it on hold. You're allowed to not know the how. You don't have to understand how, how would it be possible that every person in this country makes a living wage, has a safe home, has clothes and food and opportunities. You don't have to know how it's possible to be in alignment with that vibration. You don't have to know what laws would have to change or who you'd have to vote for, anything like that. You can spend time in that image, in that vibration. And in so doing, you are stepping up to the plate as a citizen in this country or wherever you live. So that's my ask of you. As we're going to go into these holidays, and the holidays often invite reflection. They invite moments of gratitude, moments of recognizing the light in yourself and in others. But I want you to reflect also politically. Step up to that macro point of view. And really consider what are you creating with your visions, with your vibrational alignment, when you think about the city, the state, the country, the world in which you live. And I'm asking you to consider to improve your vision and your vibration, to rewrite, to reframe, to recontextualize the American dream, the human dream of being a spiritual, energetic being that came down to have a human experience. I'm inviting you to spend some time on that. I hope you all had a lovely holiday, however it is that your family spends the time over the Thanksgiving break. And I am really looking forward to our episode next week. I will be sharing some things about what's been going on with me personally and what's to come in 2024. And I think there will be a lot for you to learn from. And it's been a great year, loves. I like to sign off during the, you know, ahead of the winter equinox so I can really have winter off to be quiet. And I'm really looking forward to coming back in 2024. So. Hang in there. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe now so you don't miss 2024's new season. 
and come back next week. I am really looking forward to sharing with you all, all the good, all the good details. All right. Bye loves. Go be, go be spiritual citizens. See you next week.